Welcome to the Woodridge Baptist Church podcast. For more information about what's happening in the life of our church, visit our website at www.woodridge.org. Enjoy the podcast. There was a theme this week, and it was Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork. We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's workmanship. And we really hope that as the kids were poured into and loved this week, that they walk away with the belief that God loves them and has an extraordinary plan for their life. Who knows? I mean, one of the future presidents of the United States might be in that group this week, or a senator, or lawyer, or doctor, or master electrician. Who knows where these kids are going? I don't. The Lord does. One of the things that I do know for sure is that the Lord wants to use them in an incredible way. But you know, what's true of them is also true of you. And I was thinking about a story this week, a, a person in Scripture that is incredibly inspiring, and it's the person Moses. Now, when you think about it, we make decisions every day, right? You do. I mean, some of those decisions are big ones. Some of those decisions are small ones. You know, like, what are you going to have for dinner? That's probably not a huge decision, so long as you're eating. Um, I'm sure that there are some decisions that you've made that you go, I'm really glad I made that decision. And then I bet, I bet there are other decisions that you've made that you looked at and you thought, you know, I, I wish I'd made a different decision. Does that seem fair? Uh, all of us are that way, sometimes on the weekly, but we all make decisions. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 to 28, it talks about Moses. And we learn a little bit about this man as he's included in the great hall of faith. I mean, if you want to be included in a great hall, that's a good one to be included in. But Hebrews 11 wants to talk a little bit about why he was included there. And I'll thread this needle from Hebrews to Acts to the Old Testament. But you see this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. Here's what it says. It says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw that he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Now, what a great way to start, everybody. That before I even talk about Moses, I get to talk about Moses' parents. Notice what it said? By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. In other words, Moses was born into a faith-filled home. His parents, Amram and Jochebed. So if you're having children, I want to highly recommend those names to you. <laughs> if you want your kids to have faith, then they need to see your faith. If you want your kids to have faith, then they need to see your faith. And Moses saw the faith of Amram and Jochebed. He didn't just hear the stories of the work of God. He watched the work of God in his own home. See, a choice of faith for Amram and Jochebed happened when the pronouncement of the government went against the will of God. Did you know that happens? It's hard to believe that the government would get stuff wrong. But since the government is filled with people... It's going to happen. You know, it's not just the government that gets things wrong. We get it wrong too. Let's be fair. But there was this pronouncement, right? And what you have is the Pharaoh sees that the, the Hebrews were growing in number. 
became really concerned about it. I mean, where there's strength in numbers at times. And so puts this edict out that children were supposed to be killed. And after the edict was given, Amram and Jochebed says, that ain't going to happen. And especially because when they looked at, the, looked at their son, they saw something about their son that was extraordinary. Now, I know what you're thinking. For those of you that are parents, every time your child, every time you had a child that was born, you were like, this kid is going to change the world, right? I mean, Wendy and I have four, and I think we probably have thought that about all four. The youngest will be 11 next month. We're still thinking it. You know, the Lord is going to do something pretty extraordinary through these girls. I mean, if you look at it, here's the way the scripture describes it. They saw that this was no ordinary child. They were holding up Moses like the Lion King. Maybe you did that too. And because they saw that about Moses, you know what? They weren't afraid. There was something that they knew, and so they weren't afraid. My question was this. I mean, how'd they know? How'd they really know that God was going to do something extraordinary through this boy? In Acts chapter 7, Stephen who was one of the first martyrs of of the early church, uh, is giving this account in Acts chapter 7 to the religious leaders. And he says, Moses was beautiful in God's sight. And that was something that his parents knew about him. God had a purpose for this child. They believed God's plan for this boy in spite of what the culture said about him and in spite of what the government was trying to do to him. There was a plan here. And and following God's plan for Moses meant that they had to say goodbye to him when he was only three months old. Now imagine how difficult that would be. It reminds me of something. There are parents that make similar decisions today. They realize, there, there are people that have realized that they're not going to be able to provide the watch and care of a child. And so they give the child up to adoption. Literally somebody else comes along and raises this child. Uh, those are some of the heroes, people. Those are some of the heroes. And their parents did the exact, his parents did the exact same thing. Remember what she did? She puts him in a basket. She places him in the Nile River and she releases him. Probably, maybe a little bit of a scary moment, but they did it in faith. Now, here was the thing. You may remember the story. Pharaoh's daughter sees the basket floating in a river. Remember this? She sees the basket floating in the river and taking the basket, looks at the child, and knows that the child is a Hebrew. Well, how in the world would she know something like that? And the answer might be circumcision. She literally looks at the boy and sees that he is circumcised. And this was a sign that the boy belonged to God and was born under the covenant of God. Now, here's an important part of the story, though, is Miriam, which is Moses' big sister, when the basket was released into the water, she kind of follows the basket. She's watching this thing kind of float down the river. And she sees Pharaoh's daughter pick up the basket and takes it into the house, which wasn't just a house, right? I mean, we're talking a palace here. He got taken into a good space, at least in terms of the provisions that were there. So in they go. So she comes alongside Pharaoh's daughter. She's like, I think I see a possibility here. So she comes alongside Pharaoh's daughter. She says, hey, I see that you just took in a child. I'll bet that child is going to need someone to nurse that baby. After all, she wasn't the mama, right? That child is going to need someone to nurse him. That's a good idea. She says, well, I'm going to go check and see if I can find somebody. And so she does. Miriam goes back and tells Jochebed that she needs to apply for the job. So think about this. Jochebed 
ends up getting hired to take care of the son that she just released into the river so that he would be spared. Now, how cool of a moment is that? She is getting paid to mama her own boy. Mamas, how many of you are willing to do that, right? Sign me up. And benefits, no doubt. Now, think about it. This is a beautiful act of God in the life of Jochebed, but also in the life of Moses. And here's what verse 24 of Hebrews 11 says. Because of everything that you just saw in Jochebed and Amram, you get to see a little bit in the life of Moses. Because it says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Oh, man. Think about it. He refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But here was my question. Why did it take him 40 years to go, I think I'm going to be refusing to say I'm your kid anymore. Have you ever wondered that? Why 40 years and not like, I don't know, a month or so? Well, think about it. What would it be like to be him? You ever thought about that? What would it be like to be Moses in that situation? Pharaoh's daughter takes him in. He's living in the palace with all of its wealth and food and privilege. Y'all, I'm a foodie. That would be hard to walk away from. That's good eats. He also develops relationships with all the people there. These aren't people he doesn't know. These are people that he knows. He's living in the house. They've become like family to him. I mean, I just want to be fair to Moses. That also includes the Pharaoh. These guys, they all know each other. And here's what they believe. He's hearing what they, excuse me, he's hearing what they believe. He's raised in a home that worships other gods. When you're in an environment like that all the time, whether you like it or not, you get comfortable with it. They were, even, they were even worshiping the Pharaoh. Now think about that. That's what's going in one ear. But do you remember who got brought into the house to help raise the boy? It wasn't just the Pharaoh's daughter, whatever her name was. It was Jochebed. So Jochebed, otherwise known as Mama, Mama gets brought back into the life of Moses to nurse him and to help raise him. Mama is the nanny, Remember? So in one ear, you have everything that's going on with the Egyptians and what they believe. And in the other ear, you have Jochebed that's holding that boy as a baby. That's speaking the truth to him while she's holding him. And while she's helping nanny him. He's got two different messages that are going into his head. And after 40 years, according to Acts chapter 7, 23, Moses decided, I'm going to be who God made me to be. He knew he had a choice he had to make. And so at 40 years of age, he made the choice. Look at verse 25 in Hebrews 11. It says this. It says, He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered, which by the way, that word just means he carefully made a judgment. He's literally sitting there going, If I go with Pharaoh's daughter, this is what my life looks like for me. If I go with Jochebed, this is what my life looks like for me. This is what my life looks like. This is what my life looks like. Ever done that before? He did it. He was carefully considering because he realizes there was a lot on the line with the decision. So he considered disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Two things to think about here from verse 25. Two things I want you to remember. Your obedience can bring hard times with it. As a matter of fact, bank on it. Your obedience can bring hard times with it. 
Now think about it. This guy has known these people for a long time, lived with them, eaten with them. They're close. They're close. And now he's making a decision that says, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. Do you think his adoptive family is going to understand this? I'm going to go with a no. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm going to go with a no. He'll no longer also, he'll no longer be in a place of honor or rank or esteem. He's even passing on possibly being the next leader of Egypt. Think about that. You think that wasn't on his mind when he was making this decision? Also think about this. If I go with the way of Jochebed, so to speak, if I align myself with my people, how they've been getting treated? How, how many years of oppression have they been under? And that's what I'm choosing for myself. And what Hebrews says is, he saw it was worth it. He saw that it was worth it. All right, so that's one thing that I want you to see in verse 25. Here's something else I want you to see. I want you to see this. Sin is fun. You don't usually hear that on a Sunday morning, do you? It's fun. And I'm not the one saying that. Scripture just told you that. It says, he passed enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. It didn't say the fleeting displeasure. There, there is something about it that we enjoy. And Moses goes, I'll, I'll take a pass. He's doing pretty good so far. How do y'all feel? Feel like he's doing okay? Now, that's not the end of the story though. Because in Exodus chapter 2, guess what happens? Moses walks out. He sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave. And what does he do? Kills him. Man, he was doing good so far, right? And then he goes and he does something like that. Now, why would I bring that up? And that was because even in his, obe his obedience to God, he was making mistakes. Even in his obedience, he was making mistakes. In an effort to do the work of God, he worked outside of the will of God. And we even know why he did it. Because he thought, hey, look, if I take this guy out, the Hebrews are going to be like, there's our guy. That's him. He, he just took out our oppressor. He's our leader. That's at least the way that Moses was thinking about it. But that's just not the way that it worked. Because the next day he walks out, he sees two Hebrew slaves and they're fighting with each other. And he goes over and he goes, what are you guys doing? Stop it. And they're like, oh, excuse me. You, the one that just murdered somebody yesterday, are going to give us a lesson in morality? And Moses is sitting there going, that is not what I thought was going to happen. I thought that you guys would see it very differently. And it shook him. It shook him enough so that he heads out of town. And he hides for 40 years. All right, so let's do the math here for just a second. Are y'all ready to do math even though it's summertime? No! <laughs> Where's Rex Wolf when I need him? <laughs> oh, he's over here. Do a little bit of easy math. So it takes him 40 years to come to the place where he says, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to align myself with the covenant of God. And then he makes a mistake. And he hides for another 40 years. Thank you. Now, how many years does that add up to, children? 80 years. 80 years. Now, by show of hands, how many 80-year-olds do we have? In I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. How many of you are sitting there and you go, 
I'm kind of up in, I'm kind of up in years. It's time just to play some golf. By the way, nothing wrong with playing golf. There's nothing wrong with it. I wish I got to do it more. It's just the point that God isn't done. This was really only the beginning for this guy. Really only the beginning. So even though he makes a mistake, and even though he runs away to Midian for like 40 years, here's what it says. That at that time, after 40 years, he saw something that couldn't be seen. Isn't that a strange thing to say? He saw something that couldn't be seen. And it's because God showed himself in a burning bush. I'm going to reveal myself to this man in a way that he would have never imagined. And I will definitely have his attention. It would have your attention too, right? But that's what, thank you. That's right. But this is something that I want you to understand. God makes visible things out of invisible things. Sometimes that is seeing God. And other times, that is seeing what God is doing. And in this case, getting Moses ready to see what God was doing next. Because he says, I have a message for you, for some people that you know. I want you to go to the Pharaoh and say, time's up. You're going to let my people go. This was his moment. This was it. And here's what we see. I want you to notice the theme. Hopefully you caught it as we were reading Hebrews chapter 11, by faith Moses' parents hid him for three months. By faith Moses refused to be called an Egyptian. And after this moment with the burning bush, it says by faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. Remember it? Passover. The angel of death is coming to visit Egypt. They would put the blood over the door, and the angel of death would pass over. They kept it. And notice even in Hebrews it says, and by faith he kept the Passover. By faith, by faith, and by faith. Something I want you to put into your heart today, and I know that this message has been largely addressed to our kids, because what I want them to see is just like with Moses, is just like with them, is that God has created them to do extraordinary things. Tim Keller said this. He said, we must say to ourselves something like this. Well, when Jesus looked down from the cross, he didn't think, I'm giving myself to you because you're so attractive to me. No, he was in agony. And he looked down at us, denying him, abandoning him, and betraying him. And in the greatest act of love in history, he stayed. He stayed. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. See, he loved us not because we're lovely to him, but to make us lovely. See, that's what God wants to do for us, both for you and for the children. It's been a good week. It's been a good week. I give all the praise to God for the kids that came to have a relationship with Jesus this week. We celebrate that stuff. We love it. It is what we are all about. It's what we are all about. Couldn't have done it without you. But you know, today might be your moment. So just as 15 kids this week said, I'm choosing to follow Jesus, today can be the day where you realize, much like Moses, maybe you're sitting there going, dude, I'm, I'm 40. And yeah, well, what was he? Maybe today can be your day where you say, it's enough with the old. 
And I'm going to cling and follow Jesus today. We hope you have enjoyed the podcast. For more information about our church, visit www.woodridge.org.